Alright, good morning everybody. Welcome to uh, the man cave or my study or the home office, whatever you want to call it. Uh, we're going to do this different. I actually brought the porta pulpit home so I would be more comfortable than the last time I did this here when I was sitting in the chair because that was miserable for myself and everybody else, I'm sure. Uh, but I appreciate everybody bearing with us. I hope uh, you guys can stay home and stay warm today. No, really no reason to get out and it looks like it's it's blowing snow here now again, so I, I know we're supposed to get a little bit more. Uh, so stay home and stay with your families. And stay uh, stay uh, uh, hydrated with all the coffee that you can drink today. And uh, we're going to be over in Hebrews chapter 7 this morning. Hebrews chapter 7. And we're going to look at some guarantees. Uh, this is one of the, uh, the, the, the topics or one of the subjects that a lot of preachers tend to stay away from. Uh, there's a lot of debate and I believe I can sell that debate today uh, with eternal security uh, because we have a guarantee from God Himself. We have a promise from God Himself that we can't lose our salvation. And there's uh, about four things we're going to look at this morning uh, to help verify that for you. If anybody is having any doubts in their life right now about their salvation being secure, uh, we're going to fix that today. I want you to, as we close out this evening, I, I want you to be comfortable and confident in your salvation and the fact that you cannot lose it. And uh, I believe it's a very important part of our faith, knowing uh, that we can't lose and that we received from God. And I don't know, to me it sounds crazy sometimes that people would actually think that they can lose their salvation. Uh, and I, I just, I, like I said this morning, I believe we can fix any, any discussion that there may be in your heart today uh, about the security of your salvation and your eternal life. Uh, so, again, we'll be over in Hebrews chapter 7. Uh, we'll be in verse 21 through 28 when we get there. But I want to thank you all again for uh, your prayers this week. Uh, uh, I think everybody knows now that uh, Cody was able to come home Monday, and, or I'm sorry, Tuesday, and uh, is, is doing fairly well. Um, he's had a, a couple incidents where his heart rate has gone up uh, pretty high, but it's because the, the he's kind of having DTs a little bit from the lack of baclofen that's in his body. So the doctors have upped him from... I want to say it's like 20 ml every few hours to, to 30 ml four times a day, which is it's way more than most people should have, but that's the only way that they can fix the tone in his body where his muscles stay real tight. Um, but he's doing, he's doing fairly well from that. So be in prayer. He'll, he will go back in a couple months to have the baclofen pump reinstalled. He has to have it right now. They've, they've noticed a a significant increase in, in the quality of his life with, with that so uh, it's a hard decision to make but he's comfortable and, and, and the, the, my sister and brother-in-law that's what they, they want they want him to be comfortable so be in prayer for that that's a hard decision to make uh, but it's for his best interest as well Emily had surgery last night hadn't heard anything this morning how she's doing uh, but continue to pray for Emily Jones uh, and that family that had a uh, fundraiser last night. I'm not sure if anybody got to listen to it. I got to listen to part of it. That lady that sung last night, just what a voice. And uh, you know, I can tell just by the way she sung, she loves Jesus. So uh, be in prayer for Emily. And then as well, Preston guy. Uh, Preston's talking. Uh, he's eating of all the things for his first meal, solid meal. He had an ACP. And uh, um, he only ate about a quarter of it. But he... Uh, you know that a young boy eating ACP, uh, he's, he's getting... He's, he's crossing that hill. He's, he's getting back on the good side of the hill now. So 
be in prayer for Preston and, and Jimmy and Kayla, his parents, as he continues to recover down there at Brenner's. And I'm sure we all have other outspoken uh, or unspoken prayer requests. So, uh, Lord, hears them. Pray this morning as we open up. Uh, just to ask the Lord to touch in the service and any other situations you might have in your life or someone else's life. Just ask God to, to be there and to, to work in it. We're seeing a great thing. We're seeing a great work right now uh, through the Holy Spirit in our churches and uh, our community. So uh, it's just good to see everybody pulling together through all that we're going through right now. Again, we'll be over in Hebrews chapter 7, uh, verse 21 through 28 is where we'll be. And I'll, again, look at guarantees. And great guarantees are a great thing. I mean, do you think about the guarantees that we get with vehicles? When we purchase a, a new vehicle, we have a warranty or a guarantee uh, that says that if something breaks within a certain time frame, that you can bring that thing back, whatever it might be, what, again, vehicle, TV, whatever, blender, it don't matter. You can bring it back to the store within a certain amount of time, and they'll refund it, they'll fix it, or uh, they'll give you a brand new one. But that's that's the great part about a guarantee is it fixes what's broke and allows you to have something new in its replace or at least new parts in its place. But not all guarantees guarantee. And to kind of make that make sense to everybody, uh, when I, back when I used to travel a lot, uh, I would always set up my hotels and things like that, and I would always ask certain questions how far is it from something? So I wanted to, especially when I was doing international travel and having to make sure that I was close to, if I was doing logistics, say like when I was in the Philippines, when I was doing logistics for uh, that dark, that event that I was there for, I wanted to make sure that my hotel was within walking distance of the pharmacies or the doctor's offices or wherever I was having to get supplies. Uh, I would ask the, the hotel manager, is it within walking distance? And nine times out of ten, I would get a yes. Well, my definition of walking distance and theirs is two different definitions. My definition of walking distance is a few blocks away. Their def definition of walking distance is a quarter mile, or a, it could be a, a quarter mile, it could be a half mile, it could be a mile hike. And it wasn't just a hike. Okay, you were having to go through the slums. You was going through the homeless sections of that area to get to uh, the destination, wherever it might be. So guarantees aren't always a guarantee. That that hotel manager would guarantee me a, a walking distance, but it wasn't the walking distance that, that I really wanted. So life has taught me, down, down the road, it's, it's taught me a lot of things. And life has taught me this. Guarantees are great, but not all guarantees are a sure thing. Not all of them are a sure thing. That means I need to do my homework. We all got to do our homework when it comes to a guarantee. When, when you purchase a new vehicle, it ain't just buying a new vehicle. When it comes to a, a new vehicle, you want to look at that warranty. What does it cover? How long does it cover? Is it an extended warranty? We, we look at the guarantees to make sure that it's something that we want. If that warranty or that guarantee doesn't cover what we want it to cover, then we're going to move on to another vehicle or another dealership so that we can get the warranty or the guarantee that we want. If the guarantee is really important to us, uh, we need to be certain that the guarantee is a sure thing. Now what happens with most of our warranties or most of our guarantees that we purchase with the vehicle? It might be a, a thirty thousand mile warranty, and at thirty thousand miles and thirty thousand and one mile, what happened? Your transmission falls out, or the powertrain. Something happens there, or something happens. It's always 
it always expires right when it's time for something to break. Never fails. There's no place more important though this morning as we look at this. There's no place more important for us to have a guarantee and to make sure this guarantee is a sure thing than where we're going to spend eternity. Now, we know the scripture. We've read Romans. We've done the Romans Road. We know ABCs. We've got to admit. We've got to believe and we've got to confess. We, we understand this when it comes to salvation, but we need to... I guess explain a little bit more to some people that that our, our our salvation is guaranteed and there's no way to lose this salvation. I do not believe in works. I believe in works after salvation. I do not believe in works uh, for salvation. Jesus done the works for us through the crucifixion on the cross and the resurrection. He's done the work. So there is no reason for us to, to think that we have to work to keep our, our security, our salvation. And I know I talk about it every now and then I'll throw this up, but it's like Duck Dynasty. If you guys have ever watched Duck Dynasty, uh, great people, great hearts. They really have good hearts. They love Jesus. And, and they want the world to know about Jesus. But they also believe in, uh, in losing your, your salvation. They believe that if you was to slip up and do someone wrong, they believe that if they was to slip up and say a curse word, and they were to die immediately after that, that they would go to hell because they have sinned against God. And He would not allow them to go to heaven because of that sin without asking for forgiveness. Now, I don't believe in that. I do not believe in that. Now, I believe that we need to ask for forgiveness of our sins. I understand that, and I believe it 100%. That's what He asked us to do, is to ask for forgiveness where we have failed Him, where we have sinned against Him. Yes, we're going to do that. But I'm not going to go to hell. If I've been saved, I'm not going to go to hell if I've done someone wrong and I've died before I'm able to ask for forgiveness. None of us are. That's not the way that God sees it. That's not what He intended. My heart that it, that my heavenly destination has been booked. I'm going to heaven. It's been guaranteed, and that guarantee is a sure thing. I understand that. I know that. Then how I live my life, and how you're going to live your life, and how we're going to face death tomorrow will be influenced by the guarantee that we have been given through Jesus Christ. And that's what we're going to look at this morning. The writer of Hebrews reminds us that of why this guarantee of knowing Jesus is a guarantee to have an eternity in heaven. He's going to remind us that Maria coming here last night. I was doing, uh, I was putting the finishing touches on this thing. I got to read. This has nothing to do with what we're getting ready to preach on. But I've been doing a lot of study on the side when I can about the writer of Hebrews because people say that it was Apollo. Some people are saying that it's Paul. Some are saying that it's Peter. I've actually read some now where they're thinking Timothy may have wrote it. Uh, I'm, I'm leaning more towards Paul if you read it and how he wrote the first 12 chapters uh, after his conversion and then he wrote the 13th chapter uh, close to the end of his life and I'm starting to lean more towards that but uh, I, I want y'all sometime and I'll try to send out a link at some point to do a little research on who wrote Hebrews because it's a really neat study. Again, I'm just chasing rabbits, but that's just a, something for y'all to think about. Hebrews chapter 7, uh, verse 21 through 28, the Bible says, For those priests were made without an oath, but this what with an oath by him that said unto him, The Lord swear and will not repent, thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. By so... 
much was Jesus made a surety of a better testament. And they truly were many priests because they were not suffered to continue by reason of death. But this man, because he continueth ever, hath an unchangeable priesthood. Wherefore he is able also to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. For such an high priest became us who is holy, harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners, and made higher than the heavens, who needeth not daily as those high priests to offer up sacrifice, first for his own sins and then for the people's, for this he did once when he offered up himself. For the law maketh men high priests which have infirmity, but the word of the oath which was since the law maketh the Son who is consecrated forevermore. Let's pray. Father, this morning as we uh, come to you, Lord, again from our homes, but Lord, it's from our hearts that we worship, and that's what matters today. Lord, it doesn't matter if we're snowed in or what the situation might be. Lord, we're, we're here to worship you uh, with our hearts. And Lord, I pray you'd bless us for our time this morning. God, we want to thank you again for all the great things that we're seeing, for bringing Cody home, for allowing Preston to, to eat and talk now for the surgery that Emily had last night. Lord, we just pray that you would continue to move in her life and, and, and just that you would just be um, glorified and shown through everything that's taking place there. Thank you for that fundraiser last night. Uh, such a, a wonderful time that was uh, given uh, to you as they was able to raise funds for Emily and her family. And God, this morning as we come to you and, and we look at a very sensitive subject, one that a lot of people don't want to talk about and preachers don't want to preach about uh, because they consider it taboo for some reason. Lord, I, th I pray that you would open up someone's heart today, God, that may have in, uh, something going on in, in their mind, Lord, that's telling them, and that they might lose their, their salvation. Father, that's the furthest thing from the truth, and you know it. And I pray, Lord, today it would, it would whatever's being preached, whatever's said and done, Lord, it would clear up any misunderstanding that someone might have about their security, their eternal security, and that salvation that they have through your Son, Jesus Christ. Lord, we thank you again for this day. Bless our time together. All this in your Son's name we pray. Amen. Now, we're going to look at four things this morning that... Uh, hopefully will clear misunderstandings that someone might have about your security, your eternal security, about your salvation that, that you have received from Jesus Christ. So the first thing we're going to look at, my salvation, our salvation for those that are saved, is guaranteed because we have the Word of God, the Father. Now, I'm not saying the Word of God is in the Bible. I'm just saying the Word of God where He has spoken. Now, the Word of God, the Bible does say it as well, but we're going to look at what God has spoken first. Back over in uh, uh, verse 21 and 22, it goes back and says, For those priests were made without an oath, but this with an oath by Him that said unto Him, The Lord swear and will not repent. Thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek, by so much was Jesus made a surety of the better testament. Now, if I go to a store, I say if I'm, I'm to go out tomorrow and I'm going to buy me a TV, and the girls love that. If I was to go buy a brand new big TV, bigger than what we got now, I was going to go get them a nice big TV, and I'm going through the store, and store clerk, while I'm looking at my TV, store clerk comes up and says, Hey, by the way, if you don't like that TV, 
you can bring that back in 30 days and we're going to give you money back. You know what? That sounds like a pretty good deal, don't it? Well, I pick up my TV and I take it on up to the to the their cash register and as I'm as I'm getting things ready to pay for it, the store manager comes over and the store manager says, "Hey, by the way, if nobody told you this, if you don't like that TV, you've got 30 days to bring it back and we'll refund you money." Well, you know what? Right then, I got a greater comfort uh, knowing that I'm buying something that, that if I don't like it, I can return it and get my money back. So I got great comfort there. Well, as I've loaded up my TV now, i paid for it, and I'm walking through the parking lot, and as I'm walking through, the district manager is coming in to do an inspection on the store, and he stops me and he said, Did you just buy that TV? Well, yeah, I just bought this TV. He said, Did anybody tell you that if you don't like it within 30 days, you can bring that thing back? And if you and, and we'll give you money back if you don't like it. You know what? That right there gave me a greater level of comfort knowing that they're going to take care of me. If I don't like it in 30 days, I can bring it back. Now remember, we started at sales clerk. We started down low. And then we moved up to the store manager. And then we come up to the district manager. So it was like three tiers. And they kept confirming that 30 day, 30 day, that guarantee for 30 days. If you don't like it, bring it back. We're going to give you money back. The higher up I went, the greater the comfort level is that I was feeling. That's the same way with our salvation. It's the, we have the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit lives within me. And He is con constantly reminding me that He is the deposit of my inheritance. He is reminding me that He is what has been sent to, to live inside of me. And that confirms and that continuously guarantees my salvation. I get great comfort in that. We should all get great comfort in that. But then Jesus even tells us over in 1 John 5, 12, He says, He that hath the Son hath life, and he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. So right there I've got even greater comfort because Jesus has told me about my security and salvation. So I went from the Holy Spirit, now I went to Jesus, and now we got God. We've got that third tier, the highest level we can get. There's nothing above God up here. There's no one else that can confirm this like God can confirm this. So here in Hebrews, we're reading this, and the Father Himself tells us that Jesus will forever be our priest. Forever. Okay, it's not forever just here on earth. That's forever as in eternity. So once we're done here on earth and we get to heaven, He's still going to be our priest and we'll never lose that. Knowing the Father will not change His mind gives me the greatest possible comfort that I could ever imagine. God's not going to lie to us. He's made us a promise that Jesus would be our high priest forever and ever and ever. And in this statement right here, if I could put it in, 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 in layman terms for each one of us, the Father right here saying, I ain't going to change my mind. All right, I'm not. I'm not going to. I'm not going to crawfish you. All right, I'm not. I'm not going to change my mind on this. What's said is said, and what's done is done. I've made you a promise. I've made you a guarantee, and I'm going to stick with it. I'm not going to change my mind. So you need to live, uh, live life knowing that this guarantee will never fail. That this warranty that He has given you, you you'll never lose it. Okay, you're not going to. It's not ever going to expire. There are times in, in our lives. And think of it this way: There's times in our lives when something comes up in our life that we are certain about a certain thing. 
We're dead set on it. It's not going to change. You cannot change my mind. This is the way I feel about this situation. I'm going to, I'm stuck on this. Well, then what happens? We do a little bit more investigation and a little bit more information might come to us about the, the, the situation and we might change our minds. We do that all the time. We are dead set on something. It can't, I, I remember building houses or even being in dispatch, even being in the fire department. We're dead set in our ways. You cannot change my mind. I'm going to build this house. I'm going to build this thing this way because this is the right way. You can't change my mind. I'm going to fight fire this way. You can't change my mind. I'm going to cut this car this way. You can't change my mind. But then somebody shows up with another piece of equipment or they come up with a better uh, way of doing it that's actually easier and safer and, oh, you just changed my mind. That's not God, though. That's not God. God's not going to change His mind. When the Father makes the statement, it means everything. Whenever God says something in the Bible, it means everything to me. And it should mean everything to you. It is the Word of God. It is His Word. And He's not going to change it. If God says that, that He's not going to change His mind and Jesus will remain your priest forever, we are assured of eternal salvation. We've got to hang on that. We've got to cling to that. Because it is the Word of God. It is God's Word. And He's not going to change His mind ever on that. Now, number two. Our salvation is guaranteed because Jesus, our high priest, will hold His priesthood for all eternity. Look at verse 23 through 25 again. It says, And they truly were many priests because they were not suffered to continue by reason of death. But this man, because he continueth ever, hath an unchangeable priesthood, wherefore he is able also to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. A pastor will not be a pastor forever at a certain church. That's, sometimes they do, sometimes it might be their first church and they pastor it uh, until they pass away. I, I, that does happen, but a pastor will not always stay a pastor in a church forever. Either God will take them home to be with Him, or God will call them away to go to another church. I can't offer you a, a, a guarantee that I will stay at Chestnutdale. I would love to be able to do that. I don't, and maybe He will allow me to stay there till the rapture. That'd be great. But I can't guarantee you that I will stay where I'm at. God may call us away one way or the other. That's the, I can't do that. I can't place my hand on the Bible and guarantee you I'm going to stay forever. But I can offer you this guarantee. Jesus will give you a guarantee. All right, He's going to guarantee you. Look for Him for everything. Look to Him for your guarantees in this life. Look to the Bible for your guarantees in this life because he will he will hold his priesthood permanently according to the Bible and that's a guarantee he's not going to lose his priesthood he's not going to lose that high priest that he is for us God's not going to take it away for him he's not going to lose it because of something he said or done he's not going to lose it because of something we said or done against him he will always remain our high priest now think of it like this Will mom and dad always be there to solve your problems? No. Some of y'all listening this morning, your parents have passed away, they've gone on to heaven. So no, they're not going to be here to help you solve your problems. 
Will your spouse always be here to help you solve your problems? No. Some of y'all listening this morning have lost a spouse. And so you understand what I'm talking about. They're not always going to be here with you to solve your problems. Will that good friend always be here to help you through the tough times? No. Some of y'all listening this morning have lost good friends. And they're not going to be here to help you solve the problems of this life. But let me tell you this, and I guarantee you this, Jesus will. Jesus will always be here to help you solve those problems, to help you go through the tough times. Matthew 28, 20. Now, we read this as the Great Commission, but I want you, there's very important uh, few words right here I want you to hear. This is Jesus. It says, Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. Now, listen to what he says. And lo, I am with you always, even until the end of the world. Amen. He says, I am with you always. Always. That's a guarantee. No matter where we go, what we do. In my world travels, I've been to 28 different countries. No matter what country I've been to, God was with me. I've been to 46 different states. God was always with me. I've been to a lot of different churches and filled in. God was always with me. I go down the road to work. It takes me seven minutes to get to work. God is with me. The same with you. No matter where you go in this life, God is with you. He says it. And lo, I am with you always, even until the end of the world. Amen. Now that's a scripture my grandma uses for why she won't fly. Lo, I am with you. She says It says lo. Uh, he's not going to be with you when you travel, when you fly. Uh, grandma, I, I love you. and But that's a different lo right there. It's L-O, L-O-W. Lo, I am with you always, even until the end of the world. And then he follows it up with, amen. He's affirming. I love this. This is Jesus. He's affirming. He's affirming what he just said. When he said amen, he's affirming it. That's what amen is. That's, that's an affirmation. That's telling you that this is the truth. Amen. That's why you hear People amen in church sometimes. They're affirming what the pastor has just said. They're affirming what's just been preached. They're confirming it. And that's what Jesus just did. He's affirming what he just said. He said, I will, I am with you always, even until the end of the world. Amen. Now, number three. Our salvation is guaranteed because the one who was offered for our sins is perfect. He is perfect. Go back over to verse 26 and 27. It says, For high priest became us who is holy, harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners, and made higher than the heavens, who needeth not daily as those high priests to offer up sacrifice, first for his own sins and then for the, the people's. For this he did once when he offered up himself. You and I, we were between a rock and a hard place. From birth until salvation, we were between rock and a hard place. We was in a predicament, the best way to put it. We, we was in a situation that we couldn't get out of ourselves. There was this, this great divide between God and us. There was this gap. Now, i seen a picture, and I, I wish I still had this thing. I'll probably find it online. But it's a picture. you got land, and then you got this big gap. And then you got, and it says, it's more land over here, and it says, God. So you got this land over here where people are. And then you got this gap. And then you got God over here. Well, what it shows is the bridge 
And what they've done is they've taken this picture and the bridge to get between us and God was the cross. They've laid the cross across that gap. Uh, that is the most perfect image of how that gap was bridged between us and God. The cross bridged that gap for us. There was nothing that we could do to close that gap on our own. I couldn't build a bridge across that gap. I couldn't build the cross to cross that gap. God built all that for us. He built the cross that Jesus died on. The Romans, yeah, they might have placed it together, but God created the trees that were used to make that cross. He created the minerals and the rocks and the material to make those spikes that the Romans had to make. God built all that for us. And then He sent His only begotten Son to earth to live, to tarry down here with us for just 33 and a half short years. And then God used Jesus to fill the gap between us and Him. That great divide that we have absolutely no control over how to get to the other side. But Jesus had control on the cross. So as long as we have put our faith and our trust in Jesus Christ, we can cross that gap. We can walk right across that bridge and get to the other side. We can be with God. So the Father gave us Jesus because He was spotless. He was the most perfect, sinless sacrifice that we have ever seen on earth and will ever see. There will never be another. Thank God there's never going to... We'll have no need for another Savior. We've got the one that He said was perfect and sent His His Son for us. So enter Jesus into the world. And what did He do? He died for our sins. He died for each one of our sins. So today, I want you to think of it a couple different ways. Maybe this morning, um, maybe your marriage... It is rocky. Maybe your marriage is between a rock and a hard place. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe this morning you're sitting there in your own house and maybe it's just you and your spouse. And you're having some issues in, in your home between you and, and, and your spouse. There, There's probably nothing that you can do to fix it. And if there was, you would have already done it. Jesus has to enter the picture. You've got to let Jesus enter into the situation. Maybe this morning your finances are between a rock and a hard place. And there's nothing that you can do to fix it. And if there was, you would have already done it. Jesus has to enter into the picture. Today, maybe your relationship between you and your family is between a rock and a hard place. And if there's anything that you could have done to fix it, you would have. Jesus has to enter into the picture. Do you see where I'm going here? Jesus has to come in to fix it. Jesus has to enter our picture. First Peter 5.7 tells us plainly, Casting all your burdens on Him, for He careth for you. We've got to cast our burdens out onto Him. Let Him take our burdens. He says, Casting all your care upon Him, for He careth for you. He cares about your marriage. He wants to see you stay together. He cares about your finances. He wants you to see he wants to see things grow and prosper for you. He cares about your family. He wants to enter into that picture and mend any broken relationships that there are in your family. He cares for you, but you've got to let him in to take care of whatever the situation might be. What I'm trying to tell you this morning is this. Jesus is not only in the business of rescuing us 
and, and, and for our eternity, all right, for putting our faith and trust in Him and, and, and going on to heaven. He's not only in the rescue and business there, but He's in the rescue and business day in and day out of our lives. Our, our daily lives. He's in the business of rescuing us from whatever the situation is in our daily lives. Day in, day out. He is there to rescue us from the, the situations that we're facing in, in our finances, the situations we're facing in our, in our marriages, the situation we're facing in our schools, the situation that you're facing with your family, the situation you're facing with your friends or with your co-workers. He is in the business of rescuing us from those situations. He wants to be a part of that situation to make it better. But we've got to let Him into that situation. He has to be the priest of our salvation, but He also has to be the priest of our daily life. You've got to let Him into your daily life. Once you're saved, and, and we've accepted Him into our life, we've got to let Him be the priest of our life. Not just the priest of our salvation, but the priest of our life. The high priest, not just priest, the high priest of our life. And number four, my salvation, is, no, our salvation, is guaranteed because Jesus is strong enough to keep my salvation secure. He's that strong. Verse 28, look at it one more time. For the law maketh men high priests, which have infirmity, but the word of the oath, which was since the law, maketh the Son, who is consecrated forevermore. Forevermore. You see pictures all the time. You, you go on... You go online, go to Google, type in Jesus, and then click on image. And you look at the images that you see of Jesus out there. They make him look weak. They make him look like this little puny feller that, that couldn't carry a cross up a hill. Like he couldn't do anything. Because that's the way that man tends to see Jesus, as this weak puny person. But let me tell you something about my Jesus. There's absolutely nothing weak about my Jesus. Nothing weak about that man. I don't care what you see on your computers. He is not a weak person. He's he is he's more incredible than the incredible Hulk. He's more super than Superman. He is my Jesus and he's the strongest person I've ever known and that I've ever met. Yeah, I might not have physically met him, but I've met him. And I know how strong he is. I've, I've seen him carry more burdens than I care to, sh to shake a stick at. I know he's a strong person for what he's done for me. He's kept my salvation safe and secure from the day I was saved until right now. And guess what? He's going to keep it for eternity. you got to be strong to keep someone's salvation like that. To keep it from ever slipping. From ever leaving his grasp. For, you ever held on to something so long that you just you're so tired it finally your grip gets loose and it slips? If you know what I'm talking about, you, you just you've held on and held on for so long. It's like shooting a gun. You get your gun up and, and you're holding it and you're waiting for that deer to step out from behind the tree or the bush or whatever. And then it, it, you just sit there and then all of a sudden you start getting a little weak and you start getting a little shaky and you start losing your grip and you start losing your strength. You start slipping. That's not my Jesus. My Jesus don't ever lose his grip. My Jesus don't ever get one. ever start trembling and shaking because he's holding on so tightly to me. That's not how Jesus works. He is strong and he's going to hold on to me forever. Now I am so sure that right now the devil has tried a time or two or twenty or thirty or a hundred million times to take my salvation away from Jesus. 
but Jesus ain't going to let my salvation go. Jesus is holding on tightly to my love for Him and His love for me. He's holding on tightly to, to my security, to my salvation right now. He's got it in the palm of His hand and He's held on to it so tight that the devil can't even get a finger in there. He can't even get a piece of paper slid in there. He can't even get a little coat hanger in there and try to rake me out. It ain't going to work because he is holding on to me so tightly. I'm going to read this. You probably knew it's coming, but I'm a firm believer in Romans 8, 38, 39. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Folks, if that don't make you happy right there, I don't know what will. I love that verse. That is my another one of my confirmation verses right there. I read that and I know that I'm not slipping. That there ain't a thing in this world that's going to pry me out of the hands of Jesus Christ. There's nothing in this world that's going to take me away from God. Nothing. No, there's nothing. It's, I'm going to read it again. I love it so much. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Whew. I love it. I love it. There's nothing weak about my Jesus. I don't care what picture you see, what image you see, what picture somebody's tried to paint for you about Jesus? My Jesus ain't weak. My Jesus loves me. My Jesus cares for me. My Jesus is when he has suffered greatly for me. I love my Jesus, and he is not going to let my salvation go, no matter what in this world may try to take it away. He's not going to let it go. There's nothing wicked about me going up to an altar and praying to God. That, that's what His strength means to me. That Because He is so strong that I should be able to go up to an altar and pray and not feel like a weak person. Because I'm praying to the strongest person ever. That shouldn't make you feel weak. You, you shouldn't. You should never feel like a weak person. It takes a strong man to walk to an altar and talk to someone even stronger. It takes a strong woman to take a trip up to the altar and and, and talk to someone that's even stronger. Because you're going to the altar, don't mean that you're a weak person. To me, when I see someone comes up coming up to an altar, that means they're a strong person. When I see somebody somebody leave the pew. And come up, get down on their face and talk to God. That, that's a strong person. That don't mean that you're weak. That don't mean that you're puny. That means you've got a, a strong faith in God. Remember that. It means that it's not a sign of weakness on a man's part to pray with his wife to the one who is stronger than he is. That's not, that's not a sign of weakness. That's a sign of strength. Because you know who's stronger. And you're going to the strongest person. It's not a sign of weakness for parents to tell their children we need to, to pray about what God wants us to do. It's not a sign of weakness. That's, that's, that's a sign of good parenting right there. To take your children and, and, and to pray to God for God and whatever the situation is in, in the family life going on. 
for Jesus to endure what he endured on my behalf, for him to endure what he did on your behalf, for him to keep what he keeps for me, which is our salvation, my salvation, for all eternity, he has got to be the strongest one I know. He's got to be. I can't imagine anyone else in this world. I used to watch a lot of those comic book movies. I was into that stuff years ago. I didn't read comic books, but I loved the movies. I've never seen a movie where anybody's any stronger than my God. There's never been and never will be anyone any stronger than my Jesus. So I'm going to cast my cares upon Him. I'm going to cast my burdens upon Him because I know that He is strong enough to carry that load. And not just my load. He's going to take your load. But are you strong enough to let it go? Are you strong enough to just hand it over and say, this is yours, God. Take it. How strong are you? I'm going to close it this way to kind of help you get an idea of, of, of who He is. Have you ever watched one of those weight loss commercials? So you see them on TV all the time and you see these people and they're, they're all bloated up and they, they're 300 pounds or whatever and the next picture you see over there beside of them, they're down to 160 pounds and they're fit, they're trim. Have you ever seen what's at the very bottom? of those commercials if you look at the very bottom there's some fine print right down there at the, the very bottom and that very fine print down at the bottom says actual results may vary actual results may vary <laughs> I hate that sound like they're offering you something good so this incredible product but their promise has absolutely no substance behind it actual results may vary God offers you eternal life safe and secure eternal life and he backs it with this rock solid guarantee that you're not going to lose it there, there is no fine print he does not take away from his promise with any fine print whatever he has told you he's going to back that up with a rock solid guarantee and that's Jesus he's my rock He's a solid rock for us to stand on. So this morning, it, it, and I hope and pray that this has helped somebody this morning. I don't know why the Lord would lay it on my heart. I'm sure somebody needed to hear this this morning. But there's some guarantees, at least four of them, of why you can't lose your salvation. I know it's not biblical, but it's something that we like to say. Once saved, always saved. But that's it. Once you're saved, you'll never lose your salvation. Let's pray. Father, this morning as we close out uh, this Sunday service with you, God, I pray somebody has found some confirmation in their life. Lord, I pray this has been a help to somebody uh, that they can they can look at their salvation. They can go back to the day that they asked you into their life and they understand now that they can't lose you. Once saved, they are in your possession. They are in the palm of your hand. You have them secure and there's nothing in this world they can ever take them out of uh, the love of Jesus, as, as, as Paul wrote over in Romans. Nothing can pry them out of your hand. There's nothing in, in, in present day or in the future that can remove them from the love of God. And I, 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 Lord, I can't thank you enough for that promise that you have made. And God, I pray this morning, if, again, if there be someone 
that's maybe they haven't even come to you yet because they were afraid that if they come to you and ask for salvation, they ask to be saved, they was afraid that maybe that they would lose it. Lord, I pray today through what's been said that they would come to you knowing now that they can't lose that salvation. Lord, I pray that they, as they sit in their homes, right, they get down on their face and they'd ask your son Jesus Christ into their life knowing that once they have him in their life, once that they have obtained that salvation through your son Jesus, that they'll never lose that. And they are heaven bound. And Lord, I pray that it gives somebody some peace and some comfort this morning knowing just that. Lord, again, we thank you for allowing us to come to you in our, our, our own homes. But Lord, I pray that we've been able to wholly worship you today. And we just pray that you would bless us for our time, bless us uh, for our efforts today, Lord, to continue to preach the gospel, even though it may not be inside your house. But Lord, we, we've come to you in our hearts, and we pray that uh, you would allow us to, again, just to uh, to continue to worship you however, however we can. Uh, just thank you again, Lord, for this opportunity. Bless us, be with us this week as we go about our business. In your son's name we pray. Amen. All right, church, I hope you have a great Sunday. Again, stay in, stay warm, stay uh, hydrated with lots of coffee and hot chocolate and cider, whatever it might be. But I do pray that you uh, stay safe and hopefully we'll be able to spend Valentine's Day together next Sunday. Y'all have a good day.